Would you bow your heads in prayer? Lord, grant that the words that I speak would be your words, and that our hearts would hear and take to heart your promises. In Jesus' name, amen. So, got any plans? Know what you're going to do this summer? Trips you're going to take? Linda and I have a cruise in Europe and then a trip to Frankfurt plan. What about you? We're going to honor our high school graduates in a little bit. They wanted it the first Sunday in May, and we're going to honor them. Wonder what their plans are. Go to school, maybe a gap year, maybe they're tired of school, not going to go at all. What about parents? I wonder about the parents of those kids. I wonder if they already have plans for what to do with their room once they're gone. I was amazed at how quick Linda changed our kids' rooms as they moved out. Here at Fishers, we just called a new pastor. And I can tell you from conversations I've had with him since, he's already making plans about house and stuff like that. Talking with a couple of people around here, there's already some plans being made for his arrival. I'm thinking about how to do the transition. Any of you making plans for retirement? I know Linda and I are. This church faces challenges. How do we get the family ministry going? How do we take next steps? What are the plans for that? Planning isn't easy. Just like I shared with the children's message, you and I don't, don't know the future. We'd like to. If you get, a, you get a, that new job you're going to take, wouldn't you like to know if it's going to be a good job and if you're going to like it or not? And if you're going to move, how the move is going to impact your kids? Wouldn't you like to be able to, to look into a crystal ball and when you're facing decisions and know and be able to look and see, well, if I do this, this is what will happen. If I do that, that is what will happen. But it doesn't happen that way. A lot of times, any of you worry about the things you can't plan for? I'll admit, I'm worried about the economy and inflation and all that stuff, how it's going to impact our plans. I know the budget team is worried about how will inflation and the economy affect your giving in the next year, and they wish they could see, but they don't know. That's the hard part about making plans. We don't know the future. We have so little control. You know this cruise we're taking? This is our third year in a row attempting to take this cruise, but we didn't plan on something called what? COVID. Because <laughs> we couldn't plan on it. Nobody did. When my parents moved to, to Texarkana, we thought it was so that they would have many years with us and their grandkids. That was our plan. We didn't know that 10 months later, Dad would die of a massive heart attack. 
told you about the, the, the couple that had plans for their retirement trips they were going to take, and then the first night of his retirement died in a hotel room of a heart attack. Didn't plan on that. Or about the couple that I married that had plans for a family. Nine months later, he was hit out on by a, a, a drunk driver and killed. That wasn't their plan. But they couldn't see that either. God doesn't give us control over the future. In fact, He forbids us practicing arts that want to look into the future. Calls them an abomination unto the Lord. Think about that the next time you look at the horoscope. He wants us to plan. But He also wants us to remember that the future is not in our hands. And that's a very good thing. That's the message of the fifth chapter of Revelation. John is shown a vision of, of a scroll with seven seals on it. And it, it sits in the hand of him who sits on the throne, which is God the Father. And the scroll contains God's plans for the future. And the question is asked, who is worthy? Break the seals and open the scroll. In other words, into whose hand can the future be placed? Well, the answer, first answer is no one. Get this, no one in heaven or on earth or under the earth could open the scroll or even look inside it. I wept and wept, John writes, because no one was found worthy to open the scroll or look inside. Our hands are not strong enough to handle that responsibility. Our hands are not worthy of having the future placed into them. Because our hands are selfish. And sinful. We manipulate people. We to get things to try and make take control. We we cross our fingers and tell lies. We point fingers and blame someone else. And the more we do it, sometimes without realizing that we're doing it, sometimes doing it not caring how it affects others. The more we hurt people, the more damage we cause because we just can't handle the future. I see it again and again. Remember parents when I was at the university who had their future planned out for their son and they pushed him to go to the school that they wanted him to go to and to go and study for the career that they wanted him to study for and after one year he flunked out. And a gap had been pushed between them and their son. I think of people that have gotten divorced. It usually happens that one or other of the espouses decides that their happiness is what's really important. And they take this step irregardless of how it impacts or hurts their family or the people around them. They lie to themselves that their kids will be just fine. They will not. There's a reason God doesn't put the future in our hands. Thanks to be to God for the thing that comes next in the text. 
One of the elders of heaven speaks to John. Do not weep, he says. See, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has triumphed. He is, he is able to open the scroll and its seven seals. And then, and then John saw a lamb looking as if it had been slain, standing in the center of the throne, encircled by the four living creatures that represents all of creation and the elders. And he came and took the scroll from the right hand of him who sat on the throne. John sees the Lamb of God. He sees and watches as the future is placed into the hands of Jesus. And at that moment, the 24 elders of heaven representing the church of the Old and the New Testament of, in heaven and on earth, they begin to sing, You are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals because you were slain. And with your blood you purchased men for God from every tribe and language and people and nation. You have made them to be a kingdom of priests to serve our God and they will reign on the earth. Jesus is the only one who can handle the future. And that's good news. Because His hands are human hands and yet divine hand. Because His hands bear the marks of the nail. The marks that Thomas last week put his finger into. Remember last week's Gospel? The marks of the cross that remind us that Jesus came not to be served, served, and to give His life as a ransom for many. A reminder that Jesus is the Lamb who was slain. That Jesus is the Lamb of God who, who takes away the sin of the world. A reminder, a, a visual reminder for all eternity that He loved us and gave Himself up for us. He took to Himself the future that we deserved. He endured the damnation and crucifixion that should have awaited us. And yet... Those living hands remind us that He's more than a lamb who was slain. He is the risen One. Do not weep, the elder says to John. Do not weep. See, the Lion of the tribe of Judah, the Root of David, has triumphed. By His resurrection, He has secured for you and me an eternal future that cannot be taken. I love these words from the first epistle of Peter. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In His great mercy He has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade. Kept in heaven for you who through faith are shielded by God's power until the coming of the salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. His hand our worthy hand. What comfort that gives. Let me share just two examples. I told you earlier that Linda and I expected my parents to have many years with us and the grandkids. But I know now, as I look back on it, that God knew Dad was going to die. And he also knew something that we didn't know at the time, that my mom was in the early stages of Alzheimer's. And he was making sure that mom was not alone. 
when dad died. That young couple with a husband got killed by a drunk driver. About a year before that, he came to faith and was baptized, was ready to meet Jesus. And the day of the funeral, one of his friends walked up to me and said, Pastor, can my wife and I and our children be baptized? And they and another couple came to faith as a result of Terry's faith and his death. Even then, God was in control. That wife went through a lot of grief, but God brought another man into her life that she's married. I was just looking on Facebook the other day at the pictures of their kids and thinking about that length so many years ago. But I'm telling you, friends, you don't need to know what the future holds. All you need is to know the one who holds the future. And his name is Jesus. His hands are scarred because that's how much he loves you. They're strong hands. They're living hands. They are Easter hands. And His Easter hands are worthy hands. Worthy of your and my complete faith. He can handle tomorrow. Amen? Now may the peace of God which pass on understanding keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus unto life that is everlasting. Amen.